Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello from the future. This is Brandon, the host and creator of Monster Eight the Pilot. You're getting this odd introduction due to the fact that Brandon used to have music on the podcast, and uh, that day finally came, and I'm starting to get episodes struck down. So I'm going through and getting all the music remo- removed. So you're getting this fun introduction to go over any time I had music playing at the beginning of the show. Um, if I'm not able to cut around it, like sometimes I talk over the music, so that's why this is here. Uh, yeah, so if there are references to songs or I seem to be talking about a song, I'm like, hey, I've got these three songs later. You know, look in the description of what they were. They will be cut out. I am working on it. It will take some time. Hopefully I don't get the ban while working on this stuff because a lot of these episodes are in the archives. And getting them out of the archives takes like 12 hours. But other than that, enjoy the show. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I kind of fucked up by not knowing... Uh, but not understanding what I was reading when saying that Spotify Anchor allowed music on the podcast. I misunderstood what that meant. Anyways, yeah, it sucks, but we all get through it together. Enjoy the episode. It's the best episode ever. This is, Whatever episode this is on, it's the best episode ever. So listen, like, share, subscribe, support, all the fun stuff. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monster 8 the Pilot, the podcast. This is my name, Brandon, bumping myself in the face with the microphone. How are we doing? Oh, it is Sunday night. No, Sunday night. It's not even close to Sunday night. It's like, it's the Sunday edition of the show. <laughs> what the hell's happening? Pretty, one minute in, here we go. Oh, Sunday, so we got three songs for you. I've got three songs of the week. I've got some good stuff, some, you know, sad stuff. I got an update to the Lost Rewatch, got one more episode, and I've got some feelings about it. Oh, man. Other than that, hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, welcome back if you've been listening. Um, if it's your first time, welcome. If it's your second time, welcome back. You know all that same. <laughs> I got a text from JR right as I started this. Like, right in the middle of the song, he texted me about a picture of uh, two people we went to high school with who are disgustingly in love. And I mean, I'm really emphasizing disgustingly because, Jesus, you're not in high school anymore, kids. And when you're in your 30s, don't post fucking, oh my God, I can't even go into it. Can't even go into it. You're not fucking 16. Even then, like, if you're 16, it's kind of gross. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Ugh, jeez. Just a bitter old man. <laughs> Uh, what are we talking about, guys? Oh, I'm already completely off track. Opening song of the night, Sprainerd, Buried, off of uh, Mabel. Same record as the song I used from them last week. What a great song Buried is. What a great record Mabel is. But yeah, I've got three good songs. I'm going to talk, like I said, The Lost Rewatch. I'm going to talk some other fun TV stuff. Nothing really movie watch. Uh, I'm going to talk about some anxiety stuff I went through this week. I'm going to talk about... Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about a couple things, but yeah. Um, not a lot of sports talk either, but hey, you know. But uh, update on weight loss. Well, we start off with the good stuff, man. Down another pound, dude. Down another one. I'm getting there. We're three and a half pounds down, three weeks in. Still ahead of schedule. In your face. In your face. So that's good. Felt good. I was worried a little bit when I stepped on the scale, but I got on there. I was like, hell yeah, Brandon, where to go? So I immediately stuffed my fucking face. Yeah, do all that hard work and then just ruin it. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, guys, I hope everybody's doing well out there. It's been a it's been a wild, wonderful week. I've got a fun story to tell you about the house. Uh, I'll get there. But uh, yeah, the 
uh, sports talk, really. I guess we can do a quick sports talk. Bruins are still playing really well. Happy about that. Um, Liverpool got a win. They won this week. They beat the Wol- They beat Wolves 1-0. Play Chelsea in the morning, 7.30 in the freaking morning. I love whenever it's like, oh, man, I have a chance to watch a game. Oh, we'll put it on 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> God, ugh, makes me so freaking mad. Maybe you want to sleep in every once in a while, you know what I mean? I don't know. Stupid. Stupid. But, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, who continuously just completely just blow money on everything. Like, well, they spent like $80 million on as a Mudrik, Mudrik, the Ukrainian kid. I don't know. I don't really see that kid being great. I just don't. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I haven't watched him play at all. I just don't see it. Don't know. Ah, what the hell's happening? Uh, then they also just signed some other kid from PSV. They're just blowing money at this point. It's ridiculous. I don't know, dude. I don't know how any of this financial fair play stuff works, but uh, I don't think it's working at all. Um, did they sell Lukaku? I'm looking that up real quick. Yeah, he's he's on loan, so he's still technically on the books. Still can't figure that one out. Anyways, guys, yeah, that's... Uh, Portsmouth's got a new manager. That's what was going on today. Portsmouth FC. What was his name? He's got a fun little name. Um, oh, come on. Where's it at? John Musino, former player. He's been up and down the leagues. He played for Preston for a couple years there. Um, yeah, never played with Portsmouth, but, uh, yeah. Like, you know, cool. Hopefully he has got a good job. Or, he does a good job. You know? Because, like Portsmouth are in fifteenth now, fifteenth, closer to relegation than promotion right now. Like so, ugh. I don't know what the hell's happening. Don't know. It's curse of the monster, the pilot, man. But uh, yeah, then other things we did had some sad news. Uh, Charlotte FC defender, he was a former. He played for Portsmouth for a second. Anton Walks uh, passed away today, and it looks like it was a boating accident. Twenty-five years of age, man. It's sad. Rest in peace, man. Um, oh, give me his, oh, I hate whenever they try to, uh, whatever. Yeah, he played for Portsmouth for a few years. Sad, he played for Atlanta, like I say, he was with Charlotte last year. Only 25 years of old. Oh, man. Sad, sad, sad business. Um, but, you know, hopefully, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say in situations like this. But, yeah, uh, more upbeat, I guess. You know, like I said, Liverpool played really well the other night. Um, Harvey Elliott scored a goal, really good goal from about 30 yards out. Really good one. And then Steve Stefan Basicic, the young midfielder we have, is going to be an absolute stud. I need him. He should play tomorrow. I don't care. Play him. I don't care. This season's over. Who cares? Just play him. You know? I don't know. Then other news, I know uh, Pep went on his team the other day. And <laughs> Guardiola he went after his players, uh, saying they don't have any desire in them right now. And it was pretty cool to see. But I don't know, dude. I don't really want to go into sports talk that much. Oh, man. I was all hyped up for this. Then I ate. And now, whew. I don't know. Whew. Yeah. I don't know. Then uh, Krejci, David Krejci. Congratulations, David Krejci. thousand games with the Bruins. Man, this guy's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's also playing great after a year away in Chechia. Comes back. He's playing outstanding hockey. Just like the rest of the team's playing outstanding hockey. Went to New York, won both games. It's just... It's... I keep expecting us 
to kind of fall back to the pack a little bit. And I thought maybe, like, you know, we lost uh, the Kraken. Maybe we'll start slipping up. Nope. Just win every game since. No problems. And not even that, like, we're we're not just winning games. Like, they're not even close games. Like, we're winning, like, 3-1, 4-1, night in, night out. It's like I'm playing uh, NHL on uh, on the old uh, PS4, the Xbox, the X-Tube, or whatever the fuck. I think X-Tube's a porn channel. My bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I didn't do anything movie-wise this week. I think that's really about it for sports talk. I don't have a whole lot. Hopefully Liverpool will continue to play well, turn it around, get going. But every time I think we're about to, we just completely fall off. But, you know, we're still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup. Though we get our reward for beating Wolves is to play Brighton. So, Jesus. And Brighton just ripped us to shreds. I know Arsenal. Arsenal has a chance to go eight points clear. And... I mean, it might be Arsenal's year. It really might be. So good for them. Hopefully they continue to play well. I like. I want the league to have, you know, different winners all the time. I don't just want to be Man City wins every, you know, but at the same time, the way Newcastle's going 10 years from now, it's going to be Newcastle winning it every fucking year. Maybe Man City coming up and winning one every couple of years. Like, it, it's, eh, you know. And then uh, I think FSG is deciding to go with more of minority uh, selling off a minority of the club instead of selling off the majority of the club or basically getting out. So mixed feelings on that. I mean, obviously, they, they run it like a business. You know, they're there to make money. That's the number one priority is to always be making money. Um, and I understand that. I get that. It's a business. You don't want to completely, you know, hurt the business model or cost yourself so much money chasing, you know, wins whenever you can be making money and still being able to accomplish a lot of the goals I mean, they're continuously improving the infrastructure of the club. Um, so, like, I understand where they're coming from. I'm very appreciative. Like I said, whenever I got into Liverpool, um, Hicks and Gillette were still the owners, and I didn't even realize that Liverpool were on the brink brink of going the way of Leeds and um, going into administration, which is basically bankruptcy, and maybe even the dissolution of the club was on the table. So, you know, duh. To be where we're at, what, 12 years later? Um, it's just been, it's down to the fact that the owners are that way. You know, they're all about bottom line, getting the most out of the club money-wise, and improving the club structurally over on the field so much. At the same time, that's caused us to kind of fall behind the pack this year, be over-reliant on players who are obviously aging, but, you know, whatever. You know, so... That's it's it's mixed bag. I want I want owners who are very ambitious in terms of our on-field product. Where you know, bottom line, be damned. We want to win. The fuck is that thing? No, I know what that is. Never mind. Um, but I also want a stable club. Also, I don't like the fact that Chelsea are going out there and just throwing money at everything. I don't like the fact that you know, if Man City gets it wrong in a um transfer window they can just go blow money on whatever else to fix it like there was like I, I think I've talked about it, like three straight years where Pep spent like 50 plus million on fullbacks whenever usually like you spend 50 million on like midfielders or 50 million used to be like club changing type money and he's spending them on his fucking fullbacks year in year out <laughs> he went for like Mike Con and no he didn't Mike Con what's his name Danilio I, I don't even remember like he's had so many over the years I don't even remember like you know so I like the fact that Liverpool have to get it right every time. You know, we can't get it wrong in the transfer window. 
You know, we can't go out there and underspin or like over like really paper somebody and they just be a complete flop. We can't do it. Or we have to go get these gems. Like, you know, we go get Andy Robertson for eight million from Hall City. You know. What else have we done? We've done a lot of that stuff. Getting Wayne Aldum from Newcastle after they got relegated. You know, Jimmy Milner on a free. Like those those I don't know, feel so much better than spending the huge money on the player you know is gonna be great. Getting those guys who are going to be professional and do their job and be, maybe become something like you know, like I said, Andy Robertson is he's always like the the one in my head for that one. Eight million for the best left back in the world for multiple years. I like how I said I didn't have much more sports talk like five minutes ago, <laughs> but that should be it. Um, excuse me. Woo. I keep clicking whenever. My notes are on my phone. Here we go, guys. Um, yeah, so I had a fun... Uh, last week, before the episode went up, I thought about even doing like a mini-episode this week to talk about it. But then I decided, eh, fuck it. You know, let's start on the regular show. Um, I woke up Sunday morning to like weird like rustling noises. And I thought it was like these birds outside being weird right beside the window that I'm, you know, sitting by or whatever. And... Um, I get to my couch, and I hear the rustling. I'm like, sounds so weird today. And then I kind of get up. I'm like, it sounds like they're coming from the music room. And I look into the music room, and two birds go flying by. Like, the in, inside the music room. Inside the music I had two fucking birds in my house last Sunday. Two birds. And I had to kill them with one stone. Ha! I'm so funny. Um, yeah, I was like, what the hell? And... Flying things inside are the most terrifying thing in the world. They're so unpredictable. They have limited space to go, and you're part of that limited space. So they could fly directly at you. Like a bat in a house, I probably would have screamed my head off of a bat in a house. But, you know, it was birds, so I'm like, you know what? The little tiny, like, sparrow guys, the little tiny guys, but still freaking me the hell out. I'm like, okay. So I have to open my door, and I got the door open. I open up the, like, the, the screen door or whatever. I have it propped open. I go in there, I get one flying, and it immediately flies right out the wind, like right out the door. I'm like, hell yeah, I can do this. And the second one, I'm like, okay, let's get this guy. And he gets going, and he flies right behind the curtains and in the window. This one was a dumb one. He was a very dumb bird. Very stupid bird. I don't even think he realized he could fly. You know, he's too busy eating french fries off the ground, man. Um, and he can't get, he won't come out from the, the thing. He keeps trying to fly into the window. I'm like, get the hell out of there. Get the hell out of there. And I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, man. I don't know what I'm doing. So I go outside. I get in front of the window. I'm trying to get him to realize he can't go out that way. You know, I'm like, I can be in front of you, and maybe you'll fly the other way. So I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to do that, and he just keeps trying to fly around me, even though he's inside and I'm outside, because he's a dumb bird. Very dumb bird. Stupid bird, even. Stupid, dumb, ass bird. So then the next, you know, so I'm like, okay. Then he kind of goes in between my curtain and then, like, the wooden, uh, like, uh, window panels or whatever, whatever you don't call them, like, the shades, the wooden window shades I have. Um, He goes in between those two things. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't see him now. So I go in there, and I'm not hearing him anywhere. And, like, I go over there, I pull on the curtains, and nothing happens. I'm like, okay. So then I throw something at the curtains, just like something like a bottle, like an empty bottle. I throw it against the curtains, nothing happens. I'm like, okay. So I go walking through the house. I can't find him anywhere. I'm like, maybe he, you know, went out. Then he flew out and he, he got out of the house. No big deal. So I sit around for like a half hour and I hear nothing, do nothing. But I go into the music room again. I go to close the curtains because I open up a little bit to try to get him to fly out of there. And 
mother, you know what? He's still in here, and he goes nuts when I move those curtains this time. Like, he didn't move them. Like I said, a half hour before, I moved them, and nothing happened. This time, he loses his freaking mind. He goes nuts. And he... F- oh, oh, man. And he flies out. He flies out of the room. Like, oh. No, wait. Did I have the door open at that point? No, okay. So I get out, and I go open the door again. And I come in here, and he's, like, on my lamp. The lamp with the three bulbs on it. And I get him to fly, and he flies out the music room door into the living room. I'm like, oh, hell, there he goes. And instead of taking the left outside, he goes right into the kitchen. Because once again, he's a dumbass bird. So I go in there, and he's sitting up on, like, above my kitchen sink. And he immediately flies down and makes me freak out again. And he flies into my bathroom, which is literally as far away from either one of my doors to the outside as you can get. Once again, this is a dumbass bird. And he's just going crazy. Just going crazy in my bathroom. And like I said, I apparently I am terrified of things inside that fly. Because I couldn't even go near the bathroom. I'm standing there in the hallway like, you're a big, brave boy. You're a big, brave boy. And I still couldn't do it. I was not a big, brave boy. Uh, <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Eventually, I called my mother. I'm like, did I get attacked by a bird as a child? And she's like, no. I'm like, did anything flying ever attack me? She's like, we had a bat in the house once as a child, but... He didn't attack you. I'm like, well, I've got a bird in the house, and I'm petrified right now. And I'm sitting there trying to armor up, like throwing blankets on me. I got my jacket on. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get this motherfucker out? Let me put this hat on. This hat will somehow change things. <laughs> and eventually I get my, like, uh, I hear him in there, and now he's all quiet. I'm like, oh, shit. So I get behind the door. I finally, like, man up. I finally grow the cojones and get behind the door. And I can look in through, like, the crack of the door and stuff like that. And he, now he's going crazy because he heard me out there. And he keeps flying into the window. And I'm feeling bad. I'm like, he's going to get himself killed by flying into the window, man. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Also, I don't want a dead bird in my bathtub. Nobody wants a dead bird in their bathtub. I think of all the things we want in our bathtubs, dead birds, very low on that list. Outside of, like, maybe dead human, I think dead bird's way up there. Avian flu, right? I don't fucking know. Anyway, I'm freaking out. I'm like, okay. I'm like, shit. So I put up, like, a blanket in the house to cover up that. I've shut all the doors. All the cabinets are closed. It's just a straight shot out the door. I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw a blanket over me. I'm going to go in. I'm getting riled up. He's going to fly out the door. He's going to fly out the house. And I'm not a big brave boy, so I do not do that. <laughs> so I'm like, how about this? I take a blanket outside. I cover the window from the outside so he doesn't think there's a way out that way. And that'll force him to fly out and go out the door. And, like, as I'm walking up to the window on the outside, he flies into it. I'm like, he's going to get himself fucking killed. So I go up there to try to cover it, and I realize there's nothing to hook it on. So I'm like, damn it, this is not going to work. And I go inside, and I don't hear him flipping out. So I go to the bathroom, and I jump behind the door again, and he doesn't flip out. I'm like, okay, okay. And I keep looking in the door, and I keep, like, looking through the crack. And I'm like, I don't see him anywhere. So now I'm starting to get worried. I'm like, he flew in that window and he's killed himself. He's in the bathtub. There's a dead bird in the bathtub. And I'm like slowly into the bathroom. He's still not freaking out. I'm looking into the bathtub. Not there. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good. But then I think, he's somewhere else in this fucking house, isn't he? He's got to be in this house. He's got to be here. Walking to my nook room. Not there. Kitchen. I'm like, well, you know, I had to walk through the kitchen. He didn't freak out, so he's not in there. 
something like that means he could have flown through the blanket that I had covering the doorway to the uh, living room, music room. Go in, nothing. Go into the music room. Don't hear him anywhere. And I would think I'd be hearing him at this point. Like, I think he would just hear me. Because I'm not, like, tiptoeing through the house on this. I'm stomping through the house. I'm trying to make sure he knows I'm here and I run this place, man. So going in, I tried. I did the same thing with the curtains where I start shaking them to see if he's back there. He wasn't back there, man. I was like, oh, shit. He flew out. But at the same time, like, this guy has been an idiot. And this has been, like, an hour and a half. It's been an hour and a half of me trying to get this bird out of my house. It's been an hour and a half. So I'm like, and he's been an idiot every step of the way. I had a door wide open for him. He flies the other way. I walk in there. Instead of flying through me to go out the door, he flies into the bathroom. He thinks he could fly around me when there's a fucking window in front of him. So I'm like, he's got to be here. And I kept stomping through the house. I'm throwing things everywhere, just trying to get him to run up. And he was gone. He had flown out the door. So, whoo. And I had to get ready for work. That was my, my mom was like, well, I guess if you can't get him out, you can always, you know, it's like, you just, you know, you go to work, come back, get him out later. I'm like, well, the problem is I'm going to Jake's later. And I was going, I'm not going to get home till like one o'clock in the morning. I really don't want to come home at one o'clock in the morning. With a bird flying around my apartment. You know? I don't think anybody wants that, do they? Is that a thing people... Well, I guess if you have a pet bird, you'd be okay with that. But I don't have a pet bird. I almost thought I was going to have to. Actually, I thought that I was basically going to have to live with a bird. And he has his rooms, I have mine. But the problem was, I had to pee. And he's in the bathroom. And he's flipping out anytime I come close to it. Can't pee like that. I'm already a nervous peer. Can't do it. Can't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it! I don't know. He's a cute little guy, though. But he was an idiot. Like I said, that first one, out the door in like 30 seconds. 30, like probably two minutes after I found out he was here, he was gone. The other one, ah, I'm going to fuck up your day, pal. Oh, so that was my Sunday morning last week, was taking care of a bird in the apartment. It was, uh, it was fun. It, it was, I'll admit, you know, it's one of those things you look back on like, I'm a big, brave boy. I'm glad I got that. Now, big, brave boy. <laughs> Oh, man. Fucking birds. Bye-bye, birdie. Am I right? Oh. Then the other fun thing that happened this week was my uh, power went out the other night. That was not as fun. I was sitting here, like, dude, the wind was wild up here. There was multiple times throughout the afternoon I thought there was a tornado coming. Like, it sounded like a freight train going for a while. And I know, like, that's what, you know... Uh, tornadoes by drive-by truckers. I swear it sounded like a train. And there's a couple times where I looked outside and I'm looking for this funnel because it was so loud and it was wild. Like, uh, if I don't lock my doors, they can be blown open and both doors were blown open, man. Phew. Like, it was rough. Rough. Then uh, about an hour or two hours after that, my electric went out. And then uh, the guy upstairs has a generator. And it turns out his generator powers up my uh, living room light, my kitchen light, nothing else. Like, you know, so not my fridge, not my whatever, just the lights, which is which actually isn't bad because then I can, you know, I can kind of see it and have to, like, use that. My phone died, though, and, like, I only slept, like, I it was, like, 8 o'clock. I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I can just go to sleep because uh, I have issues with, like, when the electric goes out. Like, I don't know, my anxiety flies through the roof. I get... My mind won't settle, and uh, I have trouble sleeping, but I felt kind of tired. I'm like, well, maybe I can take advantage of being the fact I'm kind of tired. I nodded off like a half hour, woke up, couldn't get going, like, do anything. My phone died. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, you know, I've 
well, I don't know. So, like, you know, my anxiety's going crazy. And uh, I had to take a drive. I took, like, a two-hour drive. I drove uh, up uh, 71 to 270, and I took the loop all the way around the outer towards, like, Dublin and stuff like that. Went all the way around. And I drove all the way to South Bloomfield and got gas and came back. Just trying to, you know, just calm my mind down and tire myself out. It ended up working. Uh, also, I was able to charge my phone up like 50%. And then, like, you know, because I need that noise or something like that to get myself to go to sleep. But, dude, I, for as long as I can remember, especially since uh, teenage years, if the uh, electric goes out, like, man, I don't know, my anxiety goes nuts. And I have trouble sleeping and it's just, it's weird. It's crazy. I don't know why that's a thing for me. I'd really struggle when, uh, <laughs> in, a, in a, like, uh, the 1800s, man. I couldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, you know? Or if, uh, civilization collapses, you know? I don't know what the hell to do. I think I'd grow accustomed to it eventually, but geez, man. Nah, but yeah, I'm just sitting there. I don't know why. Really don't know why it's such a problem for me. It's something I'm gonna have to work talk about in therapy. But why that is such a trigger for me to get so anxiety ridden. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it sucked, and it was off for 16 hours or something like that. That's what it said, 16 hours. Mine went out like seven o'clock. Some people went out like five, like right in the middle of the windstorm. Mine lasted for a couple hours. Um, yeah, it was about seven o'clock. It came on like. 11-ish the next day. 11 a.m. I was able to charge my phone up a little bit more. Head to work and put in work. You know what I mean? Meh. Whatever. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's something to write down and talk about with the old therapist about where that could come from. Probably, who knows, childhood. Who knows? I don't even know what that could be. That's what, like, most of my issues we talk about in therapy doesn't really have anything to do with childhood. You know, most people think, oh, because of this moment of my childhood. And it's like, nah, I don't even know where most of my shit comes from. It's just, it's how it is. It's the, it's that Monovan curse, man. Monovan curse. Oh, man. Yeah, but we'll jump into some uh, TV rewatch. We'll jump into one part. We'll jump into the Lost rewatch. I got uh, something to say about an old friend, and then a um, couple, excuse me, a couple of different old friends. Um, then we'll jump to the songs of the week, and I'll get you the hell out of here. So probably about an hour and a half, and then this episode's over. <laughs> I think I called last week. I said like 45 minutes left. I think I was off by like two minutes or something like that. <laughs> ah, jeez. I take forever to get to anywhere, don't I? Um, now, uh, let's see. All right, also what I was going to do. TV rewatch. So I I mentioned last week about maybe replaying some video games, and I mentioned replaying The Last of Us. I had zero idea, or just it, it was not in my brain at all, that The Last of Us was uh, debuting last week on HBO. Did not realize that until um, I saw, I think, a couple people post about it. Maybe it was like somebody, people got like early access to the episode, talk about how great it was, and it was fucking outstanding. I'll talk about that in a second. But I had no idea. No idea what's going on. I've been like anticipating this show. I don't. Know, I've been weirdly anticipating it. And I'm, by that, it's because uh, they're like, "Oh, we're telling the story of the video game for the first season." I'm like, "Then why don't I just play the fucking video game? What's the point?" And some people have been posting. At the same time, how many people don't play fucking video games? Way more than like you know, or get that intense about video games. 
Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's more that don't than do. So, I mean, it's just another way for this truly great story to, you know, get out there. And I'm going to be reviewing it every week is the plan. Um, I'll do my best not to spoil uh, the future episodes about where everything's going or something like that. Because I think for the most part, it's supposed to be pretty much the same. There's quite a few differences and almost every single one of the differences so far from the game it's not major for the most part. There's a cup. There's a little bit of major. There's like one major thing that I don't like. And it's not even, I say major. It's just the thing they kind of changed up a little bit that I didn't really care for. But that's it. Like everything else, I'm like, I like that expanded stuff. I love the opening with the uh, uh, Jonathan from The Mummy, which I just watched like last week. <laughs> They're uh, talking about the cordyceps virus. Well, mostly just fungal infections. Um, the cordyceps virus is a real virus, which is... It's really fascinating to watch people explain it. Like it's literally just like these, you know, this fungus gets into these ants and then tries, like, eventually after taking over and trying to uh, infect the colony, it gets really high up. Um, it goes to bite on the branch, and then that's when the fungus decides to lock the jaw, and basically has it the ant stuck on the branch for it. That's where it dies. And then it grows out of it, and the spores, since it's high up, that's where the spores like to release. And then they just kind of drift down, either into the dirt or onto the uh, colony and stuff like that to infect more ants so it continue to live. It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. Fungus, like, I'm not going to go super deep into fungus. I don't know that much about them. But every time you learn about them or something like that, they are fucking fascinating, man. They are truly fascinating. Um, I like the little, because the, the professor stuff is not in the game whatsoever. Uh, but it was really cool to kind of how they could play it up and also still tie it into modern society, like it being like a global warming thing, because that's why the fungus evolved to now attach itself to humans. That was pretty interesting. And then they expanded the Sarah stuff because really the show, like it opens with Sarah when she wakes up and everything's going to shit. This one actually her like getting the watch fixed and all that and everything's kind of starting to go to shit. It's pretty, yeah, it's good. Um, the one thing from the prologue that they didn't do that I really wish they did is in the game, um, you can go into Joel's bedroom and there's a news story going on in the, in the background. You can watch that and then there's an explosion in the news story and you see the explosion out the window happen at the same time. So it's like, that's how close everything is. I don't know, it, gave this, it was a really cool moment in the video game that they didn't do in the show. I wish they would have done that, but it's not that big a deal. It's just like, oh, I really wish they could have done that. That was, that was always one of my favorite parts of the whole opening. And Pedro Pascal was fantastic. The girl who played uh, Sarah was phenomenal. She was uh, she was really great. Uh, really gave a lot of great moments with the character. Uh, drugs. I sell hardcore drugs. I'm so glad they put that in from the game. Um, the only thing, like, yeah, the other thing was uh, after she says drugs, I sell hardcore drugs. Uh, Joel's like, oh, good, you can help out with the mortgage. I wish he would have said that. I just wish he would have said that. I don't know. I always like that. Excuse me. And then, um, I like Tommy. It, <laughs> it was weird. Um, for some reason, like, when they announced, like, everybody on the show, um, I can't remember the guy who's playing Tommy off the top of my head. He's been on quite a few different things. I'm like, well, Tommy's supposed to be blonde, but, like, it's not that big a deal. Um, 
but then I was like, like, wonder why they didn't, you know, just have him be blonde or whatever. I, you know, sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't. Or sometimes I'm like, what's the point of like changing it? Then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Pedro Pascal is Latin. <laughs> like, you know, he's of a Latin descent. Of course, his brother isn't a fucking blonde person. <laughs> I don't know why it just like took me a second to like link those in my head. Like, oh yeah, you typically when you're like of Hispanic descent, your brothers are not blonde. You know. Typically. I mean, it's, it's probably happened out there. I mean, this is whatever, Susso Gene or something like that. Who fucking knows, Brandon? Shut up. Um, no, but I absolutely love the episode. I, I love the episode basically from start to finish. I thought it was not, it wasn't perfect. It was pretty fucking close. Like, in terms of pilots, way up there in terms of like my favorite pilots. Um, the only thing I didn't like was the Robert storyline. It just kind of felt abrupt, the ending. Because, uh, you know, he's trying to sell the battery to the Fireflies over Joel and um, Tess, who Anna Torv, I kind of forgot she was supposed to be in this from Mindhunters and Fringe. Um, I thought she was good, but in the game, they kill Robert. They don't... Um, it's not like off-screen thing. And I didn't like that. They kind of set up the Robert thing, and then I did like the fact they put Brendan Fletcher, the guy. Uh, he he's been in so many things. Like in the late two thousands, he was in every single like video game adaptation to a movie, like Rampage. I think he was in Postal. I mean, like all these like really shitty games, all these crazy games that they made movies for. Like he was in all of them. So the fact that he shows up in The Last of Us, a video game adaptation, was this I thought was so cool. Like good for him. Like he's been in better things over the years. Excuse me, he was in The Revenant. He's been on... Oh, he was in something else. Like, last year or the year before, that was really good. So, yeah, for him to show up in this was pretty cool. As a guy who's always in video game adaptations. Like, the live adaptations of video games. For him to show up in this was... Uh, it was neat. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't like the fact that Tess and Joel didn't kill him. So, I don't think we quite got the brutality of Joel yet. And like I said, I'm going to do my best not to... Um, not to spoil plot points... And stuff, but um, I think it set up Joel and Ellie pretty well. I thought Bella Ramsey did a great job. Um, they were like her, like a having Ellie count off the way they did. Um, you know, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Fuck you. <laughs> it's pretty perfect, Ellie. Um, I know some people were not excited about her playing it because she just doesn't look like her. Or, she doesn't seem naturally attractive enough, which was weird because Ellie's like 13. So why the fuck are you saying anything about attractiveness? A whole bunch of fucking creepy people on the fucking internet. Jesus Christ. Lonely ass motherfuckers. Like, at the same time, like, I think she looks, she doesn't look any, doesn't look exactly like her, but at the same time, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Pedro Pascal doesn't look anything like Joel because Pedro Pascal is of Latin descent and Joel is fucking not. <laughs> so who gives a shit? Like, you know, of course, woman who, you know, how dare she be a woman? Actually, I apologize. I think um, she identifies non-binary, so my bad. Um, how dare, you know, how dare they? There we go. I am trying. I try. I do try. I slip up. You know, it's still, even for me, who's a very liberal dude, I still struggle, like, with uh, gender terms and all that fun stuff. I still struggle with it from time to time. I try, though. I really do try to respect anybody who does that. Um, anybody who identifies differently than how they naturally or physically kind of naturally look or 
boring. I don't even know. I sound like a fucking doofus right now. But I try. You know why? Because I don't want to be an asshole. I'm just trying to be a good person. That's all we're trying to do. I went on the fucking thing about being more kind last week. Still trying that every week, you know? Still try my best. That's all I can ask. Just try your best. You know? It's not easy. But just try your best. But I thought, yeah, I thought Belly Ramsey did a really good job. I think she's the, they set up a really, you know, a good dynamic to have moving forward. Um, that's one of the sh- episodes. As soon as it ended, I wanted more. I wanted more. You know? So, that's what a great pilot's supposed to do is make you want more now. And um, I think that's where we're spoiled a little bit with Netflix and other shows that kind of maybe drop like three episodes at the beginning of the season and then release them weekly or something like that where Netflix or just drops everything at once. I think that's where we're spoiled is you lose that magic moment of a pilot that really sucks you in and goes, oh shit, I want so much more of this, you know? Yeah, I thought the episode also tied up really well. You know, obviously you had the moment where uh, Sarah gets shot. And played brilliantly. Played brilliantly. Um, Gabriel Luna. That's the guy who plays Tommy. There we go. Um, and then at the end where the gun's drawn on uh, Ellie. And then the Pedro Pascal slash Joel takes care of business and beats the shit out of that dude. Kills him. Yeah. Now they're heading into Boston. And they have that iconic shot. I love that shot so much. The games of the one building collapsed into the other one just sitting there. Oh, man. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, it was fairly faithful. Just a few different, like, interpretations or more ex- expansion into, especially Sarah in the early stages of the episode. Uh, so, like, yeah, I'm I'm really excited where this is going. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm really excited for people that have not watched it. I, I really hope they take from the story as much as I did because I... I, I fucking love The Last of Us. It was one of my favorite video... Like, favorite... It's my favorite story in a video game. I won't say it's my favorite video game of all time, because you can critique the actual gameplay and all that, because it's kind of a straightforward game, and it doesn't do anything that great in terms of its gameplay. It's just the story is what it's all about. <laughs> so, what can you say about, you know, it being a great video game? It's it's an experience, you know what I mean? That's where video games have kind of gone, where it's like more of an experience. Like, some games are more of an experience than an actual video game. It's nothing on The Witcher 3. It's nothing on, like, Fallout New Vegas or Bioshock 1. Um, those games I like far more gameplay-wise than The Last of Us. But in terms of, like, the story and the impact and all that on... I don't, I don't even know how the impact, like, not so much on the industry, but just, like, on me, like, you know, how much it just, like, how much I thought about the end of this game, or, like, this whole game, like, for weeks after I finished it, like, you know what I mean, so I'm, I'm excited, to, hopefully, that some people, uh, take from it as much as I did, so, yeah, but, yeah, I would give a, 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 a plus, like, legitimately, as great as Pilot from Lost, as great as, um, maybe even, probably even better than Winter is Coming from Game of Thrones. I'm trying to think of other, like, great, like, pilots I've watched over the years. Um, I was trying to think of a shitty one. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. I'm trying to think of a really bad show pilot. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, so that's The Last of Us, episode one, when you're lost lost, lost in the darkness, you know. 
I wish they would have done a little bit more with the Fireflies, kind of establishing who they are. Because I know they really do in the beginning of the game. That's another thing. I wish they would have established the Fireflies a little more. But I think they're going to... I, I, I don't want to go into... Theory-wise, I think there's flashbacks coming and for Ellie. And I think they'll explain a little bit more of the Fireflies then. About who they are and what they are and what they're trying to accomplish and all that fun stuff. Because they really... I mean, there's like a couple throwaway, throwaway, throw. Oh my God, throwaway lines from Marlene about like you know, uh, fighting a military dictatorship. Uh, Tess calls her uh, Boston's Che Guevara. So I mean, yeah, but they didn't really go into what they're trying to accomplish. And like, a little mystery there, I guess. Oh shit. But let's jump into the Lost Rewatch. I only watched one episode, and I watched it right before uh, we did this episode as I was eating. Um, two for the Road. God damn, it was rough getting through this episode. Not because it's bad. It's a, it's a, I think it's a great episode. Uh, probably a 9 out of 10. It's one of my favorite episodes of Season 2. Uh, just be, The ending is shocking. It's still shocking. It's just like, <sighs> you know, it's... um. I don't want that ending to be true. I just, like, I hope when I turn on uh, the next episode, which is Question Mark, um, I, yeah, I, I want that episode to start with Libby and Anna Lucia still there. And they're not. Like, oh, man. Like, the ending, Michael shoots Anna Lucia, and then Libby shows up. She says Michael, and he turns and he shoots her, and you can tell, he, you know, he was like, oh, shit. Because um, he obviously meant to kill Anna Lucia, but he had no idea. Libby was going to be there, and he kills Libby. And he goes into the ha- uh, goes into the, um, I guess the the cell that they have for Henry Gale, and he sh- and then Michael shoots himself in the arm. Man, like I said, I, it's, in terms of character, it works for Anna Lucia to die there. I think they could have done more. I think there was more for her character to explore, um, and interact with others. Because really, the last like. Four or five episodes. She, after she, that, uh, they get back from looking for the balloon. All she does is just cut mangoes. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, yeah, yeah, she just cuts mangoes. It's weird how little Saeed has done this whole season since Shannon died. Like, he just does random things. He helped he'll, uh, Hurley fix that radio. In this episode, he was, like, digging a hole. Why? No particular reason. <laughs> Never explained. Um... Yeah, so yeah, it's, I think there was more to do. They definitely needed to trim the uh, the the cast a little bit. See, that's the thing is like you know when Boone died, Boone died like Boone work deaths that Boone's death works because it's a catalyst for others. You know what I mean? Boone was never an A plus type player. He was always somebody who was feeding the rest of the story. He was feeding like the tension between Jack and Locke. Uh, that was kind of uh, shit. I almost said Ian, the actor's name, Boone. That was Boone's character's purpose. And see, I felt like there was so much more to explore there. And Libby, obviously, I, I still, I am 100% on Cynthia Watros's DUI got her, like, got her off the show. Like, because, man, like, they leave so much on the table by having her killed off. Like, I don't know. Like, it definitely, definitely gives you the added gut punch. Like, definitely the added gut punch. Because you know Hurley's going to have to find out about this. And like he's planning a date the whole episode. 
And there's that great moment where he thinks he's taking her to like most secluded beach and it's going to be sexy. And then he comes out and Jen's over there like filleting some fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's tough. I, yeah, but maybe I had more ideas about Hurley's flashbacks, kind of doing more with uh, Libby or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they're going to do more with the Whispers. They just never do that. Like I said, in season six, I think she shows up. It's like, oh, I was just in the mental institution uh, because I was self admit Like, I, yeah, I admitted myself. And it's like, it was uh, lame. We're still getting um, Michael Emerson, who's the wonderful Ben Linus slash Henry Gale, is fucking on his game. After they find out who he is, he's so sinister and such a little sniveling shit. It's great. And then uh, the whole episode's about Anna Lucia. Like, uh, I forgot to talk about it in her last episode, which was Abandoned. No, not Abandoned. Shit. Collision. Um... She was pregnant in her life as a cop, and then um, she loses the baby, and a, uh, a sh- like she gets shot and lo- loses the baby. And then they catch the shooter. She says that's not the guy, and then goes and kills him herself. And kind of the fall of that, she quits her job as a cop and goes uh, to Australia with Jack's dad. Now that is cool connections. And then it's also setting up more connections because uh, he goes and meets a blonde in Australia, and says, I need to see my daughter. Is there a blonde chick from Australia that we know? Do we know anybody in this show who's a blonde and is from Australia? I think we do. I think we do. I remember thinking I was so fucking smart. Thinking like, oh man, I bet it's going to be Claire. Yeah. So they're hitting at that in this episode. They had the cool moment where uh, Anna Lucia and Christian, and Christian's alcoholism, man, whenever he goes banging on the, the hotel room, and she opens it up. He looks like dog shit. Like, they made him look horrible. Like, hats fucking off for how horrible he looked as an alcoholic. Um, especially at the beginning of the episode, she meets him at a, uh airport bar. And he's on the suit, and he's got his hair all good. You know, I'm a doctor, blah, blah. Then how fucking off the deep end he is, like, in Australia before he dies. But yeah, they're outside a bar. And it's the same bar he meets Sawyer in. He goes to open the door and he hits Sawyer. And he's like, I'm walking here. <laughs> Dude, I love the pre-island connections. But man, that ending. I remember just how shocked I was when I watched that live. Just like, what? We just lost Anna Lucia and Libby? There's no way. Oh, it makes me... Eh, it's sad. Sad. It's a tough episode to get through. That's why I only watched one. Yeah, but like I said, it's a fantastic episode overall. Um, we're leading into uh, Sawyer talking about being caught in a net with Anna Lucia because they bang in this episode so she can get his gun. Um, yeah, overall, really good episode. But like I said, just a gut punch of an ending. Woo! Woo! Yeah, so the next uh, episode is question mark, which is Echo... Three minutes, which is about Michael and his time away, that he was away here in the middle of the season, from the hunting party up to SOS. Um, and then it's, Man of, no, no, not Man of Science, Man of Faith, that's the opener. It's uh, Live Together, Die Alone, which is the season two finale. So three episodes left of season two. Definitely a step back of season one. There's just a little bit more kind of meddling going on. Um, certain characters are kind of just 
there. Like I said, Saeed is literally just digging a hole in this episode. That's he hasn't really done much at all this season outside of like Shannon's death, which I, I, I kind of, I think I talked about it when I talked about that episode abandoned. Um, he tells Shannon, he loves her. I'm like, dude, you've known her for like three weeks. What the fuck are you talking about? You love her. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I think Shannon's like 19 in this show and he's like 30 something. <laughs> oh shit. But like I said, it's still a really good season of television overall. Like, there's really only one true dud of an episode, which is Fire and Water, which if you haven't heard me rant about that, go back and find my Fire and Water rant because I'm not nice to that episode. And I can't, I kind of can't wait to get to Strange in a Strange Land, which is the tattoo episode, which I keep talking about how much I fucking hate that episode. I can't wait to eviscerate that episode for the horrendousness it is. Because if you thought, like, oh man, he's not, he does not like Fire and Water, uh, wait till I get to Strange in a Strange Land. Oh, my God. There's no episode that comes close. Some people try to say the Nicky and Palo episode. That episode's fine for what it is. Like, it, it's complete filler nonsense. Doesn't need to be there. Doesn't need to exist. But for what it is, meh. You know? Stranger in a Strangeland. Ugh. Especially how great every Jack episode is. And the Stranger in a Strangeland shows up and he's just a fucking turd. Uh, just a turd. It's like the turd that the bird left me in my fucking shower. I forgot to mention that. The bird shit my shower. <laughs> Dumbass bird. Oh, man. Oh, is that everything? Yeah, so we're we're heading towards the end of season two. I don't know if I'll take a break. Because I took like basically the break in the middle of season two. Instead of waiting until the end of season two and taking a break. Um, yeah, so I probably will jump right into season three. Because like, the, like, the opening six episodes of season three is the Hydra arc. It's kind of meh episodes, but then once they get back, you jump right into flat or not in Portland. Uh, flashes before your eyes, and then there's the stranger in a strange land. But Ginger Shadok is dead, so you know. I still think, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm still excited. We're still working towards it, man. I don't know if you heard that or not. Whatever. Oh, so let's jump into the three songs of the week, ladies and gentlemen. I've been talking far too much. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Trying to think, guys. Actually, before I jump into the song of the week, I do have to... Uh... No, I'll do that at the end. I'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end, Brandon. Um. And also, actually, before, I have two things. I have two things i got to talk about. Jesus, Brandon, let's go. Um, it was kind of cool. Uh, I talked about my backwards walk last week from Frightened Rabbit. And... I posted lyrics about that song on the old Facebook. And an old friend of mine reached out. He's like, oh, man, I haven't heard this song in so long. Thank you. We kind of went like a little bit of a back and forth. Old Thomas Stone. Tommy Stone. Good guy. I've known him for, shit, close to 20 years now. Don't know him that well. He played at my graduation party from college and um, played music. Tommy's a good guy. I remember uh, he used to have a car with a really nice system in it. And uh, it was right when T-Pain came out. And if you don't remember T-Pain's first song, it was I'm in love with a stripper. And we played that song. He thought he cracked up so much in that fucking song. <laughs> no, he was one of old big sexy of Otway's friends. Yeah. I always liked Tommy. Always had. He came to the pub a couple of times when I was bartending there. We had some good conversations over the years. I think I ran into him a couple of times at the brewery. 
um, I think even before or after I worked there. I'm sitting there. We'd end up hanging out, always chatting. Good guy. I like Tommy a lot. It was nice to have a little interaction with him on the online because I know he's not online very often. So, you know, he's one of those guys, one of those, uh, <laughs> I, I ain't got that old, the Facebook thingy, you know? I ain't heard of the tweeter. I <laughs> uh, hope he's doing well. I should, I don't know. I don't know how hard it is to get in touch with him, so. I think I used to have his number, but I don't think I do anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, so it was good to see, talk to Tommy and also talk about music with somebody. You know, he he really liked I, My Backwards Walk. It was a great song, and it was a great song. I played it last week for a reason. So, I don't do things for no reason, right? And that's why we're playing the three songs we're playing this week. That's called a segue, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. So, we're going to go with The Horrible Crows. That's right, The Horrible Crows. If you haven't heard of them, uh, listen to almost any other episode I've been listening to for like the last like two months. I've been playing the Horrible Crows like crazy. It's that time of year. got cold again. The wind was wild last this past couple of days. It's also brutally cold again outside. Uh, mostly it's brutally cold because the wind is so rough. Um, yeah, I got the 10-year anniversary for Christmas, so thank you to my mother for that. Uh, but we're going to play from the live at the Troubadour, which was like the second show they ever played. It was live at the Troubadour in Los Angeles. Uh, this is the penultimate song, right? I'm trying to remember which fucking songs I've played. <laughs> yeah, this is the penultimate song. This is Blood Loss, which is a truly, truly great, great song. And got nice blues undertones, got great soul undertones, and it's one of another songs. It's kind of like Go Tell Everybody, where you could tell Brian is exercising some demons through the music on this one. So, uh, yeah, this is Blood Loss from the Life of the Troubadour from uh, the Horrible Crows. Mm-mm. I love the imagery in this song. A lot of great imagery in here about uh, some uh, devils, some sirens, some serpents, you know, some ghosts. Oh, man. Yeah, red lips built like a tomb. Woo! <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we, fellas? And probably some ladies have been there, too. Um, I'll tell you when it's over and I'll tell you when you can leave. I'll tell you when you cry long enough till your blood fills my cup and my footsteps, they hung in your hallways enough for you to be truly haunted. Ooh. I said, yeah, like the, yeah, like the second verse here. My first love was a murderer before I ever got to her. Tongue so sharp and serpentine, a waltz to remember. Ooh, man. A curse being born, forming each finger and forming each thorn. 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 Jesus. Learn to read, Brandon. Reading all these damn books. Come on. Uh, yeah, dude, like the imagery in this song is great. And then when, like, uh, like I said, I like the live version because, like, um, he explodes into that second, uh, he sings, like, that second chorus. And, like, you know, he's just wailing. Like I said, exercising demons, man. That's what the blues are for. Like the old-timey guys, they would just kind of exercise them through the guitar playing. Especially the old blues. Here you're exercising through the performance and the words and the the lyrics of the song, man. Yeah, but, you know, my first love was a murderer before I ever got to her. Like, yeah, hey, man, this was uh, not the uh, first time she's done this to a fella. To an old fella like me, man in his hat, you know? Red lips built like a tomb. Black eyes, deep set in avarice. What the hell does avarice mean? I should know this. I think I do know what this means, right? Extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Woo! 
Ooh. Damn. Giving it to him right here, man. Yeah. Yeah, this whole record's great. I have this record. This is. It took me forever to get my hands at Live with the Troubadour. It took me like uh, probably 10 years. I think this came out in 2013. So it didn't take me 10 years. It took me about 8 years to get my hands on the live version. Um, yeah, I think I only really have like one more Horrible Crows song that I'll talk about. And I might wait till uh, we come out of the winter before I play that one. Because I think there's a lot of hope in that song. And that's what uh, coming out of the winter is all about. It's the hope of the year to come. You know, we all had to grow the beards, shave them off, and it's time to hit the year up. You know what I mean? That's what that's what it is. We get to March 21st, or you come out of the cold, you shave your beard off, and you're like, I'm a new man, ready for the new year. <laughs> yeah, some of the songs, oh man. I love this record. I think I've talked about this record enough to where I don't have to talk about it again, guys. <laughs> oh... Let's see. Let's see. Song number two this week, ladies and gentlemen, um, is a new song. A brand new song. I think just came out this, like, a couple days ago. Uh, it's from a guy who's been on this uh, part of the show before, uh, Rustin Kelly, uh, out of Nashville. Uh, he's got a new record coming out, and I believe April is the announced date. Um, he has went through a divorce, a high-profile divorce. He was uh, Rustin Kelly was married to Casey Musgraves, who was also a phenomenal musician. I have a couple of her records here as well. Uh, yeah, they married for a few years, divorced, and um, this record kind of deals with that a little bit. At least that's how it seems it's going to be. Uh, this song's called "The Weakness." It's all about not giving in to obviously your weaknesses. Rustin being also a uh, former addict, uh, a recovering addict, I should say. Um, so we get those vibes, also kind of the weakness of uh, that issue a lot of people have with relationships that end, being able to let go and not give in to, like, still needing that person so much or something like that. This is what this kind of song is dealing with. This is The Weakness by Rustin Kelly. A nice, short, simple, sweet, to-the-point song about... Uh, Loss and continuing to move forward. You know what I mean? Always trying to continue to move forward, not give in to the weakness of backsliding or just like uh, um, wallowing in it, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, you know. no matter what, I hope you don't forget, we don't give in to the weakness. You know, and then uh, that whole second verse, I woke up dreaming of her face again. I hate the way I miss her torment. I've come this far and now I can't forget, we don't give in to the weakness. You know what I mean? It's like you don't give in to... Not, kind of in a way, it's like letting them win or letting them realize that you're still stuck up on it. But I say you're also, you know, not giving into the weakness of um, allowing yourself to fall into that. I guess the same way I just put it, you know, not wallowing in it. <laughs> say it again, Brandon. Um, and I like in that bridge. Um, just want to lose control, you know, fly like he's never flown, lose control. I want to feel like I've never known. And then that's when it kind of soars in. He's just like, fuck that guy. He's just a piece of shit. We don't give in to the weakness. You know what I mean? It's like he has that moment where he just can't hold it and he lets it out. Then he got to realize he got to bring it back in. It's like, you don't give in to the weakness. Just let it go and it, and it will all will end. We don't give in to the weakness. You know, it's one of those things like it doesn't seem like it in the moment, but... When you're not giving into it, you're you are getting better. You are getting through it, and eventually, if you don't give in to the weakness, it no longer becomes the weakness, man. And you become a stronger person for it. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, great song! I'm really excited about this new record from Rustin. Um, I absolutely adore "Shape and Destroy." Like I said, I think I talked about it um, on the two-year anniversary of uh, sobriety. Um, "Shape and Destroy" came out the day after I got sober, which is a pretty nice little companion piece. I wish I would have like been more in the Rustin Kelly when that came out, because that'd have been a, a phenomenal companion piece in those early days. Because I didn't really uh, start listening to Rustin for a few months after that, and then. It was like one of those, like, oh, shit. Like, this is so many of my issues, too, like, <laughs> balled up into this record. Um, yeah, so hopefully he makes another absolute fucking banger, man. <laughs> oh, he's part of this genre called Dirt Emo. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. And now it's time for song number three, and this is in mostly in honor of... um. The Last of Us. You know, since the show was on this week, like I said, wasn't planning on it. Oh, I, I wasn't really aware of it until uh, I said something about playing the game and I saw some, I think, tweets or YouTube videos or whatever. And I texted Jake. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, hey, you off tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you want to watch The Last of Us? He's like, hell yeah, we can watch the game beforehand. To show you how far out of the loop, I completely forgot the Bengals played last Sunday from the playoffs. That's how little I like, care about the NFL. It's not like I don't like football. I like watching football. It's fun to watch, but I just don't give a shit enough about the plan my week around it or something. If you do, good for you. I mean, you know, it's not that, not, I mean, I understand. Sports are fun. It's a great way to kind of escape stuff. Or just kind of, um, also, you know, it's fun to kind of get together with the boys. We get together with the boys and have a great time, you know? I'm not sure I would talk about, like, JF fucking K over here, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, watching The Last of Us made me think of The Last of Us 2, which is a polarizing game. Um, won't go into it, because as I said, we're going to be reviewing the show. I don't want to ruin things. Um, but there's a part in the second game where one character plays a song for another character and it's this Pearl Jam song that was released in 2013. I wonder if they'll do that for the show because the show establishes that the outbreak happens um, in 2003. Right? Yeah, in 2003, 20 years ago. Um, which I saw a hilarious tweet. Also a hilarious tweet and also a devastatingly sad tweet. Uh, Jake sent it to me. Somebody's like, so the outbreak in The Last of Us happened a couple months before The Return of the King came out. So that means this world didn't get to see a, uh, <laughs> King Theoden ride down the uh, fields of Pelennor. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that is unbelievably sad. Could you imagine? Also being teased, you got to watch The Fellowship of the Ring and The Two Towers, but you don't get to watch fel uh, The Return of the King? Oh my god. You know how devastating I'd be it? Oh, my God. Devastating. And also not getting to see, you know, Theoden just riding up and down the line, you know, fourth Aelingus, riding right into the orcs, and those orcs getting terrified because here comes the Rohirrim. Oh, I'm just going to watch that scene after I get done doing this podcast tonight. Oh, my God, I'm shaking with how much I fucking love that scene. Uh, but I'm wondering if they'll play this Pro Jam song. If they do multiple seasons of The Last of Us and this character, like all that, because technically the song wasn't released for 10 more years. Because uh, even when they released it in the game, people were like, well, how is this, like, how is this in the game? This song wasn't even released yet. Because technically, 
when the outbreak happens in the game. I think it's during the summer, and this record, I believe, was released in the winter. But Pearl Jam had played it at some live shows. That's the way they put it in, justified it being in the game, which is very interesting that they had to do that. <laughs> People on the internet are wild. Anyway, um, anybody who's played The Last of Us 2, this is one of the most beautiful moments not just in video game history, but just like kind of medium history. I think it's just a fantastic human moment. This is Future Days by Pearl Jam. So it's, it's great. I fucking love Eddie. And this is a song about the connection between two people and like kind of like a love and like this true um, reason to live you can find in people. Not so much like a romantic thing, but like you can find certain people that out there who just give you a reason to continue to move forward. And that's what is so beautiful about the song. And also its use in the game is makes me cry every fucking time. <laughs> like, legit, I will tear up. When I first played it, I almost boohooed like a fucking baby. But, man. Anyway, this is uh, Future Days by Pearl Jam. Mmm. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Like, that opening line, If I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. Oh, oh, man! Just a second. I'm thinking about it in the context of uh, the game and also in life. And oh, if I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. That's deep. <laughs> That's a deep love for somebody, or deep. Ah, uh, man, yeah. Everything I've found here, I've not found by myself. Try and sometimes you'll succeed to make this man of me. All my stolen missing parts I have no need for anymore. Oof. So this is a great, great song. It's a late Pro Jam song. 2013 Pro Jam. Third, what, 20 years? It's been 10 years since this record. I just feel like two days ago, like, Lightning Bolt came out. <laughs> yeah, this is off Lightning Bolt. This is the closer, I believe. I like the the piano and stuff like that. I like it's using the game a little bit better because it's just an acoustic guitar. I think uh, I think Eddie does a doesn't he do just a um I think he does a what the fuck am I trying to say? I think he just does an acoustic version, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, man, Eddie's. I, I I will always consider Eddie's voice like the best voice. I fucking love Eddie's voice. You know? I always liked Eddie as a frontman, too. He's one of my favorite frontmen ever. Mostly because he used to climb on shit. It was awesome. <laughs> he would climb, like, rafters and all this other crazy shit. He's climbing, like, the stage gear. Like, he's, like, 20, 25 feet above the stage that's climbing on stuff, like monkey bars. And you're like, what if he just fell? That's seen the Pro Jam. Right there. <laughs> I don't think he does that anymore. Man, Pearl Jam's great. If you're one of those people who hate Pearl Jam, I hate you. <laughs> um, yeah, but Future Days is just a... It's a very beautifully written track. Um, you know, all the promises at sundown, I meant them like the rest. All the demons used to come around. I'm grateful now they've left. No resistance, no alarms. Please, this is just too good to be gone. And I believe... I believe because I can see our future days, days of you and me. It's a beautiful song. Like I said about the deep meaning you can find between two 
two people, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful written song. Um, but I think other than that, um, I do have one more thing to talk about before we get out of here. And I'm sad that I have to bring it down a little bit, but I, 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 he, he needs acknowledged. Uh, my pals, uh, Seth and Heath, uh, their father, Greg, passed away this week. Greg Tipton, who was a truly, truly, a really good guy. He was a really nice guy. Um, I put it out, I think I posted him the day he died. Um, I never got to ask Greg how he was. I, I knew he'd been sick for a while. I hadn't been, I haven't seen... Seth in a long... I haven't seen Seth for a while. I think Danny Thomas's Big Sexy Votway's wedding was the last time I talked to him. Um, good guy, Seth. Uh, baby face Tipton. <laughs> no, but I know his dad had gotten sick. I think I asked him about him then. But, yeah, he had been really sick for a while. Um, but every time I'd see Greg, he immediately would be asking about, like, how I was doing. Or it's like, how's your mom? How's your dad? Or, you know, how's, you know, after my dad passed, you know, how's your mom holding up? All that fun stuff. Always asking. Always caring. Always being a good guy. And, uh, yeah, Greg was a really, really nice guy. Like, I also put it out there. He's one of those guys, every time you had to leave him or any time he had to leave you, you kind of wish you just could have stuck around for a few more minutes, man. Because he was funny. He was fun to be around. He was energetic. He was infectious. That was the best word. Um... He was an infectious personality to be around. He was just, you know, good-hearted, good-natured. And it's, uh, you know, it's selfish uh, in a way, you know, wish he could still be around because obviously living with cancer and stuff like that, the time he had, it's selfish for us to kind of want him to stick around when, you know, it's uh, in an odd way better off that he's gone now because... The pain's gone, you know what I mean? That suffering has passed. And he's a guy who didn't deserve to suffer one fucking day in his life. Um, every interaction I had with him was always positive. So, like, you know, it's sad that, you know, time does this to us. You know, we all have to lose it at some point. And um, Greg was a good guy. He was one of the best of us. And hopefully he's found his peace because he, he deserved it. And um, like I said, I will... Uh, I always remember him. I always remember him as just, he was just genuine. Like I said, an infectiously fun personality to be around. Um, funny. He always gave Chris Thomas shit, which was always the best. Because Chris Thomas deserves shit all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, I wish I could have gone down the, the viewing or something like that, but I couldn't figure it out with work. Um, like I couldn't get off work early enough to get down there in time. Two hours is still two hours, so I don't know. But yeah, like I said, there were my thoughts, all that fun stuff. I know we said instead of sending flowers, send school supplies to the Northwest School District. And yeah, do that. Do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, may he uh, rest in peace. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't really know anything else to say. I'm not like a, you know, I don't do eulogies or anything like that. Um, but yeah. Good guy, Greg. But uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, hate to end it on a sour note like that. I don't think I have anything else. Um, that's it for the Monster Eat the Pilot show this week. Thank you so much for listening and understanding. Uh, it's been a fun time, I think. I think we've had an overall decent time. Uh, some good songs. Uh, talking about some other things. Talking about a dumbass bird. Oh, jeez, that dumbass bird. If I wake up tomorrow and there's birds in my apartment again, I'm flipping out. I think they came through the uh, the old fireplace. 
because now the fireplace is exposed by putting this desk here. So maybe that's a thing now. I'll have birds in my apartment. Shit knows over everything. Oh, uh, whatever. Anyways, uh, I'll be back next week with three more songs of the week. Um, eventually, I'm supposed to have Dave on this show, but he's being a, a fart. He's just being a fart. <laughs> Still working on everything. I'm hoping to have maybe the baseball thing ready for opening day. That's pretty ambitious. That's like three months away or like two and a half months. I don't know if I can get there, but I'm going to be working on that more than the other two. Um, I still have the uh, everything in my head for this is middle age and all that. But who knows? You might also hear me in about two months say, hey, I'm not doing any of this shit. Uh, <laughs> next week I hope I have some more on the Lost Rewatch I'll probably have the wrap up of season 2 um, I'll have um, your update on episode 2 of The Last of Us and then uh, I don't know if I'll have anything else for you off the top of my head we'll just see how the week goes hopefully I don't th- I've got therapy this week I think it's so weird like last month I could not wait to get the therapy yeah I've got therapy this week on the 25th there we go uh, yeah so yeah I'll See if we can deal some with some shit there. We'll talk see if I have anything reason why I really hate not having electric and why I struggle so much anxiety wise with it. Like man, it's 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 brutal sometimes. How random all this shit is. But somehow it's not random, it's all connected. It's weird. Anyways, thank you so much once again for listening and understanding. I'll see you next week. Stay positive, get better. If you need anything, let me know. If you want to be on the show, let me know. If you got questions, answers, all that fun shit, let me know. I think there's a pub reunion on the way. It's not going to be on the show, though. I'm not going to do that live. But I did see American Aquarium does a fun thing. Uh, with a meet and greet, if you, it's like a hundred bucks, and you get like a whole bunch of really cool shit, like a private, like acoustic set. You get like a meet and greet or q and A. I'm like, wonder if I can do a q and A if they let me, like, record it, put it on the podcast. I thought about that. That'd be worth it. That's called exposure, bro. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Pay to win. Um, other than that, yeah, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your weekend. See you later.